Father, we thank you for your word this evening. We thank you for your word that is coming. Thank you, Father. We pray that we are edified, that Jesus is glorified. For in Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Good evening. I hope you guys can hear me <clears throat> very well, very clearly. So this evening, we are looking at evangelism part four, and then we are looking at how to witness to Jehovah's Witness. Now, let me just say this. Most of the series that we are doing this uh, month may not really make sense to you if you are not, if you've not been engaging in evangelism or if you have not really engaged in serious evangelism before. Because if you truly have, then there must have been time or season when you come across certain people who ask you questions or they really want to have conversation and ask you about your faith. So, I might believe that this is one of the core principles of why the church exists. You know, apart from the fact that the book of First Timothy chapter 2 verse 4, he said that it is God's will that all men be saved. One. Secondly, then he said that all men come to the knowledge of his will. So, one of the major things that the church of Nigeria or the world at large must be very big on is this discipleship. And should I tell you something? As much as the Jehovah's Witness doctrine seems to have a lot of leg over, let me use that word, one thing that they, they got right is discipleship. Discipleship and evangelism. That is, you are very sure. Um, if I ask anyone here, if a, if an um, a Jehovah's Witness person has ever evangelized to you before, almost all of us here will, will raise up our hands. But there are other major churches in Nigeria that their members have never evangelized to you before. That shows the level of work that the Jehovah's Witness people are putting in. When it has to do with evangelism and discipleship, you can find it without due respect. A believer who has been in church for five years, a 30 years old person, if you bring a juvenile witness boy of eight years old and ask them to debate on doctrine, that boy will win him hands down. See, they are so big on discipleship and they are so big on what? <laughs> on evangelism. That is to say that almost all of us, almost every Christian in Nigeria will tell you that somebody from juvenile witness has evangelized to them before. And myself, I grew up with juvenile witness friends. I've attended juvenile witness before. So I know how these things can be. So these guys are very big on this thing. And see, we are we are doing our best when it comes to evangelizing winning so. But one thing that the church must increase our capacity in is discipleship. What? Discipleship. We and this year is one of the things that I said to myself. It's going to be a year where we are not just going to, you know, learn about, you know, God can bless you, which of course we can't, but we must also learn about the God that we serve. So are we are we should I say I'll plead with you that you go back to some of these messages from part one to part two to part three and listen to them once again. If you have questions, you can always come back. This is part four. See, it the church of God is a school. The Bible said that the Berean church in the book of Acts, they heard what Paul said. They went back and begin to check if the things he said were right. It's not just the only place where we come and receive, receive supernatural prosperity, receive this and that. It's fine, God can bless, but it is also the place where we come to learn the God. Who can give us that thing? Somebody said you need to serve the you need to serve him for who he is, not for the bread that he can give. Are you getting so this evening we are looking at how to evangelize to a Jehovah's person? We are looking at part part four. This is part four, actually. Evangelism part four. So I was listening to a message on this, and it was a four-hours message. In fact, this sermon alone, you can bring out many series from it. We just have to shorten it and so that we can random very quick about this. So the we have we may have one or two things to read. You know, we may have one or two things to read. Then we have a lot of scriptures to actually look at. So, can you just help me stand by? So, the founder of Jehovah's Witness 
you know, Scott Charles Russell just founded around that 1800 and all that. And they started publishing their first magazine in 1879. That's when they started publishing their magazine. The average person here, you have even, they've given you the magazine before. You've read it before. That's how these guys are so crazy about this thing. So number one, the Jehovah Witness denied the deity of Christ. They deny the deity of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? They deny that Jesus is not God. They say Jesus is not God. And then I'm going to read what Jehovah Witness said that Jesus is. I is right here on my phone. Just give me a few minutes. Like I said, this night is going to be a night of um, learning like we're in a school. So this is what the Jehovah Witness said. They said, they, they offend, they, the Jehovah Witness believe and teach that Jesus Christ is incarnated name of Mikael, the archangel. So they believe that Jesus Christ is the incarnated name for Michael, the archangel. They believe that Michael was the first angel created by God, the Father, and is second in command in God's organization. So they do not believe that Jesus is God. They believe that it is the incarnated name for um, the archangel Michael. This, this is their belief. And if you don't believe that Jesus is God, that means you are not even saved because these are the core doctrine of being a believer. These are the core and the foundational doctrine of being a believer. So, and then there's a message I call hypostatic union because there's what is called hypostatic union in theology. Mean that God is a man. God, when he came on earth here, he, he was 100% man when he came on, the, on earth. Yet he was 100% God. In theology, it's called hypostatic union. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6, you say where the Bible says Jesus the man. Then in that same 1 Timothy um, chapter 3, verse 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6, and this is still there about chapter 3, verse 16, where we begin to talk about can you put it for me? But don't worry, let me just be doing my stuff myself. So you guys will just have to be a little bit patient with me today. As I so um in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6, he said, For if a man know not how to rule his own... Oh, sorry. I think I'm making a mistake. Okay, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. Now, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, the man Christ Jesus. So the Jehovah Witness first deny that Jesus is not God. They deny the deity, the deity of God. And denying that Jesus is not God is you not being a believer. Because these are the foundational and doctrinal foundational thing that makes you a believer. And now, from scripture, because the scripture is the absolute authority, solar scripture. So, we are we are going to be debunking that from scripture. Number one, when Jesus came here on earth, he was 100% man and 100% God. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 5 um, said, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men the man christ jesus if you read only this part you say and i was a man now but then come to that same first timothy chapter 3 verse 16 and see and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness is it great is the mystery that's why every time sometimes people try to use material things all of it to explain the um, trinity they get into trouble he said and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness god was manifest manifest in flesh justifying spirit, seen of angels, preach unto Gentiles. He said, for God was manifest in flesh. So while he was right here on earth, he was what? He was, um, um, was, was, was a 100% man and yet 100% God. In theology, it is called what? Hypostatic union. So they deny that Jesus is not God. And one of the things they will tell you is that, they will, they will tell you that where categorically did Jesus say that he is God? You see, some of these people are very funny. There are times when I don't need to spell something out categorically for you to know that I am that thing. If I say that, um, if I say that Mr. Gbolawon is my father, 
I mean, I'm the son of Mr. Gbolaon. Now, I, I'm the son of Mr. Gbolaon. I did not say Gbolaon is my father, but categorically. But me saying that I'm the son of Gbolaon shows that Gbolaon is my father. Do you get? If I say I'm the son of Mr. Gbolaon, I have not said that Gbolaon is my father categorically, but saying that I'm his son already points that what that is my father. And let's see, they say that there's nowhere in scripture where the Bible ever said that um, Jesus is God. Let's read from the book of Luke chapter chapter 4 from verse 1. He said, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into wilderness. Verse 2, being 40 days tempted of the devil in those days, he did eat nothing and they were, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. Verse 3, when the devil said unto him, if thou be the son of God, command this stone that it may um, it be made bread. Verse 4, and Jesus answered him, saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word of God. Verse 5, and when Satan taking him up into an high mountain and showed him all of the kingdoms of his world in a moment of time, and the devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will I give. If thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, him only shalt thou serve. Now let, let's let's rush through. Now hear what he says. He said, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, him only shalt thou serve. Now let's rush to verse 10. For it is written, He shall give his angel child over thee to keep thee, and then and their hands they shall bear thee up. In time and that verse 12, and Jesus answered him, said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Who was he tempting? Satan was tempting, was tempting Jesus. And Jesus replied in verse 4, verse 12, He said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. See, there are categorically, there's no categorical place where you see, but you will see that there are scriptures scattered everywhere where he pointed that Jesus himself is God. Let's see the book of um. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14. I think I, I like this one a bit. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14. He said, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heaven, Jesus is Son of God. Let us okay, okay, not this one. Hebrews chapter 1 verse, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8. But unto the Son, see, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness. Is Okay, let's read from um, verse 1. Just follow me gradually. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, what we're trying to do is that from Scripture, we saw everywhere where um, we may not see it categorically where it's spelled out, but we see that Jesus is God. And let's even see the book of... Um, let, okay, let's read from this Hebrew. Let's take from this Hebrew first. Let's take from Hebrews chapter... Um, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8. But let me take from let me begin from verse 1 so that we can understand properly. God, who has sundry times and in diverse manner, spake in time past unto the fathers by prophets, at in this last day spoken unto us by his son, whom he had appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself poured our sins, sat down on the right hand of the ma of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, he had by by inheritance obtained a more excellent excellent name than they for unto which of the angels say, said he at any time that my son this day have i begotten thee and again i will be to him a father and he shall also be to me a son 
And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he said, And let all the angels of God worship. And of the angels he has, he said, Who maketh his angels spirit and his minister of him? But unto the Son he said, Thy throne, O God, is forever a scepter. What was it? He said, But unto the Son, thy throne, O God. There is this was God referring to um, um Christ now as God too. He said, But unto but unto the Son he said. Thy throne, O God, is forever, ever, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness, a scepter of thy kingdom. Now, like I said initially, for maybe anybody who is joining um, knew that, you may not see it categorically where he spelled out, but you see it scattered across the scripture that Jesus is God. Now, we are going to get to the point of Trinity where I will try to explain it again. But I'm just trying to prove that the Jehovah Witness deny that Jesus is not God. They deny the deity of Jesus. They claim that Jesus is the reincarnated name for Archangel Michael. And there is no one scripture that ever points to the Father. They said that God created Archangel Michael and that um, Jesus is, um, is the name of the reincarnated, is the incarnated name for Archangel Michael. There is nowhere in scripture where this is ever stated. There's what? There is nowhere in scripture where this is ever stated. Let me see um, the book of um, Mark 2. Now watch. There's nobody. Look what they said. They said in, 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 verse, in Mark chapter 2 verse 7. Even the Pharisees agreed to me that there's nobody who can forgive sins except from God. Now, they said that, um, in let me read from, I'm reading from Mark chapter 2 verse, let me read from verse 4. And when they could not come near unto you for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they laid down the bed wearing the sick of palsy lay. Verse 5. When Jesus saw their feet, he said unto the sick of palsy, Son, thy faith be forgiven thee. Verse 6. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man thus speak blasphemous? Who can forgive sins but only God? So they believe that it is only God that can forgive sins. And we see here in scripture that Jesus forgives sins. So he, there is no way he would have been able to forgive sin if he was not in the God category. I don't know if you're getting me. There is no way Jesus would have been able to forgive sin. If, he's, if he was not a God, because even the Pharisees agreed to it that only God can forgive sin. But they were not seeing Jesus that he was also a God. So only God. So if he was not a God, there, there was no way he would have been able to forgive sins. So these scriptures here and there is pointing to the fact that Jesus is God. That Jesus is what? That Jesus is God. Even though there has been arguments, you know, here and there and so i don't know if we have been able to do a little bit of um explanation to this let's see the book of john chapter 10 verse 30. my my job this night is just to debunk everything that the jehovah's believe at least i have like few things here to say about so i've called um hebrew chapter 4 verse 14 luke chapter 4 from verse 1 to 4 hebrew chapter 1 verse 8 and um, mark chapter 2 from verse 5 to um, 10 thereabouts. So, I believe that with these few scriptures, we're able to convince ourselves that Jesus is actually God. Now, look at this. Let's read from Philippians. Let's, let me read Philippians chapter 2 verse 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirits, if any boils and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, 
having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Verse 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Verse 5. Let this mind be you who was also in Christ Jesus. Verse 6. Who being in form of God, but taught it not trouble to be. He said, who be, that means this guy is actually God. He's actually in that position, that class of God. But taught it not trouble to be equal with God, but made himself of no um, reputation. I think, let me look Let me look at this from the NLT. I think the NLT will give a very good perspective to this. Sorry, this night is mostly like a class. And after I'm done, we are just going to put out um, questions for anybody who may want to ask. Philippians chapter 2, verse... Uh, from verse 5 now yeah I, I, I prefer this let me read from verse 5 Philippians 2 verse 5 you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had though he was God did not think of equality with God though he was God the reason why he didn't think of equality with God because while he was here he was also a man he, was, he came to give himself as a, as a ransom a sacrifice for our sins so he said though he was God this scripture alone, there is no way the Jehovah Witness people can come out and say from scriptures that Jesus is a name that is, is the name for the re, um, is a reincarnated name. Or what are they even saying? Um, let me read again. Jehovah Witness believe and teach that Jesus Christ is the incarnated name of Michael, the archangel. There is no way in scripture where they can ever defend this from. Number two, they deny that Holy Spirit is not God and that the Spirit of God is a thing. I remember one time. I think last year, last two years, I was making some research, research on um, Holy Spirit. Then I just, I don't know, I go to their site and I begin to read. And they were saying that Holy Spirit is a thing, that is not a God, is not a person, and all that. Holy Spirit is not a person, that is a thing. Number one, let's see the book of. Can you grieve? Let me give you an example. Can you grieve your? Can you grieve? Grieve your phone? Share your phone with verse. Can you make your phone verse? Can you make your car get angry? So. If Holy Spirit is a thing, there is no way scripture would have told us not to grieve the Spirit of God. Let's see the book of John chapter 16, verse 13. There is no, there is no way the, the Bible would have told us not to grieve the Spirit of God if the Spirit of God was a thing. Um, John chapter 16, verse 13. Is that how it beats? When he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall say, he shall speak and he will show you things to come. Hear what he said. Okay. Now, can a thing speak? He said, How bit when the spirit of truth is come, it will guide you into all fruits. Can your phone, can your car guide you into all fruits? Can a thing guide you into all fruits? He said, When the spirit shall come, he said, How bit when the spirit of truth is come, it will guide you. He will guide you into all fruits. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Can a thing speak? He said, Whatsoever he shall hear, he will speak. So they keep claiming that the spirit of God is a thing that you know is not uh, is not is not a spirit is a thing you cannot you cannot speak you cannot they, and most of their theology I I you know when I read sometimes even I'm com- I'm confused as of where they got it from now secondly the Bible also told us that you can grieve the spirit of God you cannot grieve a thing you cannot what you cannot grieve a thing. The Bible told us what that the spirit that the spirit of God that means we can grieve the spirit of God. Let's say the book of Isaiah chapter 63, verse 30. I'm trying to rush because we have quite a lot to do. Isaiah chapter 63.
That's what three, three verse ten. Is it? But the rebel and vest his holy spirit. Therefore, it was turned to be there. And for, is there any way? Can you rebel it in? In fact, all of the administration of the spirit that we saw in scripture, it, it, at no point did he point to the fact that the spirit of God is a thing. Wait, the Bible also told us that the spirit of God, you know, overshadowed Mary and Mary can, can all of the attributes and the things that were said of the spirit. Is there any point where it can be said that the spirit of God is a thing? The Bible told us that we can greet the spirits. The Bible told us that the spirit of God can speak, he can guide us. So if the spirit of God can speak and he can guide us, then how come is not being referred to the fact that is a thing? The book of Acts chapter 13 verse, verse, verse 2. He said, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them unto. This, this one is the Holy Spirit who spoke to them. Can it speak? Since you have been in your house, if you wake up one day and your fans started speaking to you, take rise up now, take your beat and go to you will be afraid. He said he spoke to them. Separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work of the ministry. Wherein I have called them. And again, also to prove that the Holy Ghost is God, Jesus is God. There is God the Father. God, Jesus, God, the Holy Ghost. Now, the Holy Ghost is also God. The Bible, um, they argue that, um, people who argue that the Spirit of God is a thing, are they not the one that will agree that he is God? Now, let's see the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. He said, let me read from, um, verse, let me read from verse 15. If any man walks, shall be born he shall suffer loss but he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire know ye not that ye are the temple of god that the spirit of god dwelleth in you he says that you are the temple of god and now you now further to say the spirit of god dwells in you meaning that is he calls the spirit god he said the temple of god and who who is that god who now dwells in you he calls it the spirit of god you would have said no you know that you are the temple of the of the thing of the spirit since the holy spirit is a thing he said no you know that we are the temple of god the holy spirit dwells in you the holy spirit that dwells in you are the temple of god the holy spirit that dwells in you is is why the bible refers to that you are the temple of god the god there is emphasizing on the spirit of god Now, what when Paul in the book of Acts, when Paul was speaking to Ananias and all that, when he said they have lied to the Holy Ghost, he said, You have not lied to me, we are lied to the Holy Ghost. The Bible at that point also referred to the Holy Ghost as God. I know that there has been a lot of back and forth argument on Trinity and all that, but just follow me this night. So they deny that Holy Spirit is not is not a person that is a thing, and they deny that it's not a, that is not a God, is a thing. But all of the attributes that Bible showed us concerning Spirit of God. We cannot point out to anywhere where it says that the Spirit of God is a thing. Alright. Number three. They deny that there is anything like Trinity. There is nothing like Trinity. They deny that there is nothing like Trinity. Now, I wrote something that they said. They believe that the Trinity is a three-headed false God that was invented by the devil to deceive Christians. <laughs> hey one god existing in three persons see eh, let me tell you there's been a lot of argument on this and all that there are people who believe that it is just um there are people who come and say that it is um the spirit of god and they are just ex um, different expression it jesus is the only god there's an expression of the father and of the holy spirit this thing is wrong 
and these are the foundational doctrine one god existing in three persons there is god the father there is god the son and there is god the holy spirit and not one of them is less of the other i don't know if, if see there is i don't know why people try to want us to explain this thing with logic i posted something on my status yesterday the god who created time and created logic can exist outside logic people sometimes want to use their head and say ah, okay tell god no one is lesser ah, 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 can it? because we are used to the kind of leadership where even though they said they have three bosses in your office there is ogakwatapata number one ogakwatapata number two ogakwatapata number three that's not how the god it is that's not how the god it functions god the father god the son god the spirit and not one is less of the other now you know they say there's nothing like that nothing like god the father god the son and all of that trinity is a false gospel okay let's see the book of matthew chapter 3 16 to 17. matthew chapter 3 from verse 16 to 17. what you are doing tonight is called apologetic defending your faith <coughs> excuse me and jesus when he was baptized went up straight away out of the water and lo the heavens were opened unto him and he saw the spirit of god descending like a dove and lightning upon him now watch jesus and god the son was coming out and now the holy spirit came with an expression of a dove god the holy spirit now god the father now spoke and lo a voice from heaven saying this is my beloved son a woman well pleased with so how are you how do people come and you know i've heard uh, last week i saw a lot of explanation how that is they are just um, three different expression and it's just one god all those other ones they are not god they are just expression of three different let's see again the book of matthew chapter 28 verse 19. matthew 28 verse 19. when i'm done you know there'll be flow for questions go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and of the holy ghost so they think that these people think that these Jehovah's Witness people think that things must be spelled out you know all of these things and they must just be these things are there i gave an example when i was starting this that if i say that i'm the son of mr Bolao, i have not categorically called Bolao my father but yet what i have said is that he is my father i'm the son of mr Bolao. i'm not categorically called him my father but yet what i have said means that he's my father so these people just like to play with semantics that's just looking for where it is clear he said he said go ye therefore and teach your nation baptizing them in the name of god the father the son and the name of the father the, and the son and of the holy ghost now let's see the book of john chapter 26 chapter 6 verse 27 you may be putting up these scriptures who knows one day you may you may come you may just come across No, let's see Romans 1 7. So let this one be the let's see Romans 1 7. Let this one be the last one. We say, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be seen, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. From God our if it was just one person, all of a sudden, there's no need Paul separating it. This is Paul speaking. He said, From God our Father, and if there's even command there, he said, and the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jehovah Witness people are doing what they are wrong. That was number three. Number four, they deny that the context of they deny the context of salvation that we are not saved by faith through 
that we are not saved by by faith through uh, we are not saved by grace through faith. Yeah, I'm coming first. To there's a lot to answer here, but. So they deny that we are not saved by grace through faith. That's what they deny. Now, let me read what the Jehovah Witness says here about salvation. The Jehovah Witness, on the other hand, is a believe in a very complex work-oriented two-class system of salvation. Most Jehovah Witness strive to end their way into the new order or the reward of eternal life and most fear that they will fall short. In their view, only a very limited number of people 144,000 will enter into higher level of paradise. <laughs> and I know where they got that thing from Reve- the book of Revelation. They believe that only 144,000 of them will go into heaven. And they also believe in work oriented. You know, I've been with Jehovah's Witnesses before. I've attended Jehovah's Witnesses before. They believe in work oriented, something that you have to. Meanwhile, the Bible is clearly telling us here in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 8 to 9, that we are saved by that we are saved by faith. That, and I cannot just understand how much. <laughs> for by grace he has saved through faith he said that we are saved by grace through faith but Jehovah's Witness here are saying that uh, you know that you have to walk and they believe that 144,000 people and they also believe that even as they are walking to enter into heaven that they still believe that they, they will, most of them will fall short of it now how do you think that the loving God a good loving God that you serve then we create people and then do some of salvation and then have a particular set of people number of people that you want to save no matter how many people who call let's even let's even assume for a second that you have to work to end salvation so if five hundred thousand people in nigeria or in the entire world or one billion people work enough to meet salvation so it will now leave them and now have a specific number of 144,000. my dear brother that's not the god of the bible that's that's a figment of your imagination or that's a false god that be created by the imagination the bible already told us in the book of ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 it says for by grace ye are saved through faith that by grace ye are saved through faith and not of yourself it is the gift of god and this is my message with the bible self. not of yourself it is you cannot walk your way into salvation you know how many things we, you know, if you want to walk your way into that, you know how many things we don't think for your mind today, we're wrong. You can't walk your way into salvation. You cannot good, you cannot good man or good do man your way into salvation. In fact, it is because we are sin that we cannot do good works. It is because we are what? It is not good works equals to salvation. No, it is good works equals to salvation. It is, I mean, it is salvation equals to good works. It is because we are saved. That's what um, the book of Titus was saying. He said, the grace of salvation has appeared to all men. He's teaching you to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. Meaning that it is because you are saved that you cannot do good works. That is why it is called the miracle of change desire. Paul was on his way to go and kill the Christians in Damascus. When he encountered God, his heart turned and he began to ask God, what will you have me do? It is because we are saved that we cannot do good works. Are you getting it? And this already showed us. Should I tell you something? And I'm sorry to say this, but it, the, an average Jehovah witness will go to hellfire. He's not saved. And it's not as if somebody is trying to, he's not saved. He's going to hellfire on a party. That's what the Bible will call it. What? Hellfire. Because he's not saved. The foundation are even believing they, you have to walk your way into, into the salvation. You can't good man your way into salvation. An average Jehovah witness is not saved. He's going to hellfire. 
if you have the opportunity to preach the gospel to them please do number five okay. number five is the what is the atonement and there's something here now let me read about what let me read let me read our own christian belief for you christians we will believe that salvation is only possible through the substitutionary atonement of jesus christ that is that jesus stood in the place of his people and died he stood in our place and died as a substitute for for us and he fully he fully satisfied the just penalty for sin on our behalf now first john 2 first john chapter 2 from verse 1 to 2 isaiah 53 verse 5 this is what this is the atonement that jesus stood in our place it was the ultimate sacrifice we have no sacrifice to pray again and he, he, he met uh, you know he paid the entire sacrifice and all that now look at what the jewish believe the atonement they don't even believe in the atonement now watch i mean the i said the jews the jewish people they insist on parity parity mean equal they they um, they insist on 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 a parity between the first adam and his sin and the second adam and his sacrifice since it was a it was a man who plunged the human condition into ruin into ruin it is also a man who would ransom mankind from that union i'm coming the punishments must fit the crime they insist and therefore it is a man's sacrifice that is required in the place of man if jesus christ were were truly god there would not be a parity in atonement now let me explain all of these things i read for you why they don't believe that jesus is god they believe that since Adam's sin was committed by a man, Jesus just only came to die. Um, Jesus, he was um, he was not a God. He only died to remove the sin. Or what were they even explaining there? Now, let me explain something to you. See, if it was a man, man he was not divine. He just who came to die. He, they haven't confused me. Oh, my God. Let me read again. The punishment must feed the crime. They insist and therefore, it is a man's sacrifice that is required in the place of man. It's if Jesus Christ were truly God, there would not be a piety in the atonement. Now, they do not believe that Jesus Christ, you know, stood for us and then he died for us. They believe that Jesus was just a mere man and there's nothing that he would have done to take all our sin. An ordinary man, it was an ordinary man like Adam that died and him dying cannot take all of our sins because he's also an ordinary man. Meanwhile, the Bible told us in the book of Corinthians that the first Adam was a man. But the second Adam was a life-giving spirit. The second Adam was what? Was a life-giving spirit. So, see, in this thing here, and this and them not believing that God, that Jesus is God, is almost the same. Because if you don't believe that Jesus is God, how can you believe that he stood and became an atonement? Now, let me explain this. I've done it with, I've exp- I usually explain over and over. There is a part, they usually give, the sacrifice that they give is usually a year old. And every year they come to renew the sacrifice. You know, the the um, high priest comes to renew, come, um, goes into the holy of the, um, the holy of the holies and renew the sacrifice. Now, every year, because the blood of goats and calf cannot blot out sins, it only covers sins. Now, Jesus is an ageless God. Remember that the sacrifice they usually give before is a, is an a, a year old. Um, a lamp and what, what are they calling it? A year old lamp. So that means every year they have to come and renew it. Now, this one came, 
he was the high priest with Jesus. He was the sacrifice. He and he's an ageless, ageless God. Meaning that when he offered the sacrifice, your sins were not covered, just like the blood of lamb and goats. This time around, your sins were bl- blotted out forever and ever. Because the sacrifice that was given this time is not a year old. The sacrifice given this time is an ageless sacrifice. So your sins as the word paid for. Before, it's just on after one year, they come back, you know, and use. But because the lamb and the sacrifice they usually use are a year old. But now, another sacrifice has come in place. That is what? That is an endless sacrifice. Let me give you an example of something. If maybe where you stay, you, you have where you usually buy food. And what your parents, what your dad usually pay, or maybe somebody adopts you. What the person who adopts you usually pays just a year a year food a year food every year it comes to renew it every year it comes to renew it and there's an amount every year it comes to renew it then your dad now comes back your dad is such a billionaire he pays in advance calculate all the money that you need till you die see up and pays the money there and say go there anytime you want to go and be taken that was like the example may not be to be able to capture what I want to explain, but I'm thinking that I should be able to give you an example of what happened in salvation. That the lamb that they usually give before is a year old, but Jesus, who is an endless God, is not the one that offered his own blood to be, to be sacrificed. So your sin has been everything has been paid for. The Jehovah Witness people do not believe in this. They do not believe that Jesus Christ stood for us, he died for us, he was the ultimate sacrifice. Therefore, this is our foundational core doctrine. So I'm saying again, the Jehovah's Witness doctrine, with all due respect, is a false doctrine. With all due respect, is a false doctrine. Like I said, there will be chance to ask questions when I'm done. Number six, um, the Jehovah's Witness denied resurrection. <laughs> they, they deny resurrection. Let me let me now read something shocking for you. They believe that God disposed of Jesus' body not allowing it to seek um, corruption and thus preventing it becoming a stumbling block from from feet this is from their watch tower november 15 1991 their watch tower they believe that god this god um, god disposed of jesus body not allowing it to seek corruption and thus preventing it becoming a stumbling block to feet do you know what that means that when jesus christ died they disposed his body he never resurrected now they explicitly deny, they they denied that Jesus Christ was physically raised in the flesh and was believed that all statements to that effect are unscriptural. Demo. <laughs> the Watchtower teaches that Jesus passed out of existence at death, that God disposed of His body, and that on the third day God created on the third day God created Him once again as the Archangel Michael. I never see within the force pass this gospel for my life. That you know, there are other gospels that they may believe that Jesus died and resurrected. We have arguments here and there. This one, they are saying that when Jesus died, you know, they disposed his body. Then on the third day, God now created him again. God created him once again as the archangel Michael. That's why they say that Jesus is the reincarnated name of Archangel Michael. What a false gospel. How can a God who did not die resurrected promise you life? See, you must know that one of the reasons why our gospel is different from another, for other people, is because that every other uh, religion, from every other religion, is that the people who is their savior, whosoever they call their savior, died and never resurrected. 
So one who in with an ordinary logic, if somebody who is serving some somebody died, he never resurrected. Another one died, resurrected and ascended back to heaven and promised you life. Who will you believe? Say you go believe naked person where they promise you clothes. Where once he from? Naked person they promise clothes. So it's just a if Jesus never resurrected, then our gospel is false. The, what do you believe? And this is the core gospel that Jesus Christ died. And if you don't believe this, you are not saved. It doesn't matter how much that you have been in church. First Corinthians from chapter 15. Uh, First Corinthians chapter 15. Let's read. First Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came dead, by by um, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all died, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruit. Afterward, that the um that our Christ is coming. Now read verse 20. Say, But now is Christ risen from the dead, become the first fruit of them that slept. If you say Jesus never resurrected, look at that kind of false gospel that they, they, they dispose his body and then on the third day God now created him again as Archangel Michael. What kind of what kind of what kind of witchcraft gospel is that? Romans chapter 10, verse 9. I love to read this one from the NLT version. Romans 10. I love to read this. Um, when I was studying this, I think the other day, and I um I took this particular one from NLT version Romans 10 9 from NLT version he said if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved it means that if you don't believe that Jesus that God raised Christ up from the dead now are you seeing that God in three persons even showing here God raised Christ up from the dead so if it was just only Jesus, only one God, other ones are not God. They are just, well, let's not even go there. You see, if you openly declare that Jesus is God and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Meaning that if you don't believe that Jesus died and he resurrected, you are not saved. You are not. And this one is not even the, um, threatening somebody about this thing. The average Jehovah witness is not going to air fire. This one is not about whether I'm insulting them. I'm just saying the gospel truth. Number seven. <laughs> this one is about hell. They don't even believe here. Jehovah's rejects the idea of hell, insisting that the soul passes out to existence, passes out to existence upon upon death. They believe that once a person dies, nothing like a fire. That once your soul passes out, there's nothing like a fire. Meanwhile, a man is a, a man is a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body. You study, <clears throat> you can read all of this. If you study, and um, Luke chapter twelve verse four, Mark chapter nine verse forty forty, um, Mark chapter nine forty three to forty four. These are scriptures that point out to hell that hell is real. Luke chapter twelve verse four, Mark nine forty three to forty four, Matthew twenty three verse three. Even Jude one seven spoke about it. But let's just take one of the scriptures. Let's take Matthew twenty three thirty three, so that at least. Matthew 23, 23. Eh? Ah, the Kairos, okay. Yes, happen, you just a viper. Okay, let me read from 
let's read from 30 and say if we have been in the days of our father we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophet wherefore ye be witness unto yourself that ye are the children of of them which killed the prophet fear ye up then the measures of your father ye serpent ye genital of viper as shall ye escape the damnation of hell if you read mark um if you read jude chapter 1 verse 7 i love what let's see what pastor jude said here um Say, <clears throat> even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Of what? Eternal fire. They just believe Jehovah's reject the idea of hell, insisting that his soul passes out to existence upon death, that it just passes out, you know, they go anywhere. See, the way this world is even function, eh? If you sit down with ordinary logic, you should know that there is a world outside the normal world that we have. That there is a realm of spirit. There is a realm of the spirit. Huh? Number eight, which is the last one, before I open the door for question. The soul. Number eight, the soul. They believe that there is no actual difference between the body and the soul in the scripture. And that further, there is no immaterial part of man that survives physical death. They don't believe that man is a spirit. They believe that no, none of human that survive, once person don't die, nothing like say your spirit, they move up and down. And like say your spirit, they go ever. They don't believe all of that. Well, let's tell them that this thing is not through. The Bible, let's see the book of First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. <coughs> and the very God of peace sanctify you holy. Now, Paul is praying that God will sanctify you holy, like your old, your old self. And I pray your old spirit, one, your old spirit and soul and body. If these things were not different things, there's no way that hand would have been there. Be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I pray God your old spirit and soul and body. A man is a spirit that has a body. A man is a spirit. Um, a man is a, is a spirit that lives in a body and has a soul. A man is a spirit that lives in a body as a soul. Now, your body, that's how you can function in this earthly realm because, you know, spirit needs a body to function in this earthly realm. Now, the soul is what connects your mind to your body, you know, to be able to transmit things. If God speaks to you, to your spirit, then for you to be able to understand it, the connection, it is your soul that not transfer it to your mind. You are able to comprehend what is being said in the soul we have the mind the wish i mean the mind we have the will so when god speaks to your spirit that it is the connection from your soul that can make it the spirit to your soul that can make the understanding of what god is saying i don't know have you ever been in a position where i've been in this position before but i believe that most of us should have been there too where you know that god is trying to say something to you your spirit is catching what god is saying but your mind is here to grab it then you now have to sit down a bit say speak and holy spirit speak to me clearly that point your mind is here to understand is your soul that is the connection between your body and your spirit ah i'm looking for the perfect example to give for this uh when i find the perfect example i'll give it to you but just to explain that body spirit and soul is different and that when you give your life to christ it is your spirit that was recreated are you getting it now your soul where your mind is you now have to recreate by studying god's word 
that one that is not a recreated song it's your spirit that's recreated it is your 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 soul that has your mind your will your emotions it, they are the one that connect that be able to transmit what the spirit is saying to your proper natural human understanding so the Jehovah witnesses there is nothing like that that's once somebody dies nothing like say your spirit they go home. they don't even believe in it that's a false gospel now again let's see it again in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 Hebrews 4 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two or sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of joined and marrow is a designer of thoughts, intent of the heart. It's a word piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. This again proves that the Jehovah Witness gospel is a false gospel. And if they don't believe in Jesus Christ, they will end up in their fire. This is not even like an attack. What we did this night is called apologetic, defending your faith for a devoutness. I said this in case you are, what do I say, in case you ever encounter them and you have any question. Please, do you have any question this night? Because that's the last one. But I have to rush it. Is there any question you'd like to ask or there's any contribution you'd like to put into all that we have said? You may not be able to understand all that we have said at all. So you want to go back and really just, you know, understand this better. Is there any question? Is there any contribution to what I have said? All right. In the absence of um, no contribution to this, can we just thank God for His word that we've read this evening? Father, we thank you for your word that you've read. We thank you. We bless your name. Father, we bless your name. We thank you. Thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Lord, and we also receive the grace for evangelism. Lord, fresh fire that our hearts will begin to burn for God. Lord, grace to go forth and evangelize. Grace to go forth and share the gospel with men. Lord, we receive grace. Lord, we receive grace. Lord, we receive grace. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Yeah. Somebody was typing. Somebody was. Okay. Father, we bless your name. We thank you for tonight's meeting. We exalt your name for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. So, if you want to go back to listen to them again, even myself, I listen to what I've said again. Um, the battle meeting is in three days. In case you are in Ibadan or you know anybody in Ibadan, kindly invite them for the meeting. We trust God to reveal Himself once again. So, thank you everyone for coming out um, for this evening section. God bless you. See you again tomorrow morning. We'll be praying for 30 minutes by 6 30 to 7 o'clock. God bless you and have a wonderful evening. Have a wonderful night.